Hello, and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. On today's podcast, Daniel Shikani is joining us. He's the co-founder and CEO of Salary Finance, a global leading financial well-being platform. Daniel's practicing what he preaches when it comes to well-being this morning, and is joining us on his round walk that he does every morning on his mobile phone. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Not at all. Not at all. When we were putting together the podcast guests, you were one of the people that we really wanted to get on here. And financial well-being is a huge topic at the moment, as we all know. Um, and we wanted one of the best financial well-being experts to, to be able to support us um, and be able to support our listeners with building their initiatives. I suppose to, to kick off today, why is financial well-being important to you? But why is it also important to organisations as well? Sure, Harry. Well, if you think about well-being in itself, let's start from that standpoint. If you think before the pandemic, we're now, what, 17, 18 months nearly now past it. Well-being is a topic that's been elevated to the board and executives of many companies around the world, Harry. And if you listen and follow people like Deepak Chopra, you'll see that in order to improve overall well-being, we need to focus on every single element of well-being. And whether you look at it from an academic or a textbook standpoint or otherwise, Fundamentally, financial well-being is one of those key pillars, Harry. So if you think about what, what finance, financial salary finance and financial well-being has evolved over the last five, six years since we've been building into that space, it was frankly an area where very few companies six, seven years ago really wanted to have a focus on. Today, it's evolved into an area where it's become, I would say, one of the key areas. And why is that? Because it massively impacts mental health. It massively impacts the rest of your well-being. So I think it's evolved, Harry, particularly over the last five or six years to become a very key topic yeah. for all companies, not just larger enterprise, but smaller businesses as well. That's brilliant, Daniel. Um, you know, this is the first time I've met you. We had a brief chat before this. And, and what I loved is that you have this positivity, especially around purpose and, and so on. But I'd love to know more about salary finance and the initiatives and interventions that, that you do with, with that. Yeah, sure. So from our perspective, the most important thing is, are you ready to really engage in financial well-being as a topic, right? For some companies, it's one of the first things they focus on because it's an entry point into the broader well-being challenges that companies face. I would say right now, what we've seen is the importance to measure, right? You're in the sports industry, if you're Olympian, you want to make sure you measure. And what you measure, of course, we can't change. So if we understand where people are in their financial well-being, just as much as the rest of their well-being, we can start to look at interventions. And those interventions for us could be content, providing content that's relevant and highly purposeful to fulfill the needs of that individual. And we measure someone's financial well-being on a scale of one to five. So five is someone who'd be an executive, let's say, in a FTSE company. One may be someone who's a checker, checkout clerk at Asda. And so in doing so, what we fundamentally try to do is first measure it, provide content and education, which is critical into the financial well-being journey, and then move into tools that are valuable to that individual. Does that help? Most definitely. I, I, I think that for me, it's I've, I've worked in well-being, obviously, myself, and financial well-being was something that we really needed to, to cover. But it's something that I didn't specialise in. I don't think too many people did. So it's fantastic to hear about what you do at Salary Finance. And in terms of further interventions, Daniel, um, around financial well-being, there's obviously there, there's such a broad spectrum within our organisations. And you mentioned a supermarket, for example, and within a supermarket, 
you'll get the boots on the ground, um, potentially zero hour contracts all the way through to the senior execs that are on uh, in a very different position. How do we make financial well-being personalized to every individual? Yeah, Harry, it's a great, it's a great question. So I think first and foremost, no two people are the same, right? So if you have, let's think of it from the perspective that there's a big conversation right now that's happening around the market, around how paternal do we want to be as executives and HRDs and heads of benefits towards our employees. And therefore, we mustn't have a one-size-fits-all. Each of the needs of individuals is very different. But what is most fascinating is from a macro perspective, we still see debt being a big problem. But we're actually approaching the problem from the perspective of how do we build financial resilience. Now, in order to do that, Harry, that revolves around understanding the individual and then building around that the tools and the services they need. So let me give you a really good example of something that we truly believe is the future of financial well-being. If you look at it in the United Kingdom and probably in the world, auto-enrollment as an initiative for pensions has probably been the most successful in this country. If we could move towards the idea of having auto-enrolled savings, so when an employee joins a company, they automatically save into a savings pot, I think that could make a tremendous difference. And of course, they can switch that off. You can have thresholds as to how much you want to save, but I think that that sort of initiative is critical because unless we have a savings pot for the rainy day for those people, particularly that have a financial score of one or two, then they're going to consistently struggle. And we still know there's approximately 15, 16 million people in this country that still have less than £100 of savings. And six years down the line of building the business, that still shocks me, Harry. And I still think that we have a long way to go uh, to really address that challenge. 15 to 16 million people. Uh, that is an incredible stat. I think that's it's. I'm exactly the same as you. I'm quite shocked by that. So, what are the challenges, especially with COVID, last 12, 18 months that you've seen for people regarding financial well-being for those individuals that that you work with? Um, what are the challenges and barriers? Yeah, I think there's three things there. I, I would highlight. Um, first and foremost, you notice the link with mental health, right? All these are interrelated, but particularly the link between financial well-being and mental health. We've been able to identify has been stronger than ever during COVID. The second point is greater communication. Companies want, well, certainly employees want, I should say, greater communication from their employers as to what they could be doing and what are the options that are available to them. But on the, on the third point I would raise, and this, probably this is the most important one, is that employees don't want to talk often with their companies about their financial wellness. They are nervous about doing that. That's where salary finance does play a role because we are a third-party organization which is independent, supporting employee financial wellness. And I would give the greatest example I could give you is one of the financial institutions in this country um, is working with us because their own employees are unable to access credit, are unable to access the kind of tools you'd expect to working for a financial institution. Does that make sense? Yeah, fast, absolutely fascinating. And, and you touched upon the, the stigma there, Daniel, as well. And, and there's a huge stigma when it comes to mental health. And we've spoke at long length about mental health and well-being. And obviously, the two are very interlinked. Is there, a, is there a different stigma towards financial well-being? Is there a stigma within different demographics? And how do we go about within our organizations breaking that stigma? Yeah, that's also a great question. Harry, two things I would say in relation to that. Firstly, as a culture in the British community, British people, we don't like to talk about money. That's a very common known fact, but I think it's worth highlighting in this podcast. And so therefore, how do we talk about money? For me and my family, it tends to be at a Friday night table where we sit down and discuss these issues. The second point I would make is how do we really address those people that really don't want to talk about it? And I think that that comes down to making sure that you communicate with people in the way they want to be communicated with. Let me explain that. If you speak to a younger generation 
group of people, they want to communicate often via a chatbot or some form of internet portal. If you speak to someone who is trying to retire with dignity, ultimately they'd rather speak to someone face-to-face or on a phone call. And that's just an example, Harry, where we need to adapt to work with people in their individual needs, but also the individual form of communication in order to understand them better, to listen to them, and then recommend the right things that could be appropriate for them. But ultimately, an individual has to want to make a difference. You can take the donkey to the water, but you can't force it to drink. And the reason why I say that is because someone's not ready to make a change around their financial well-being or their well-being more broadly, it's never going to happen, Harry. So I want to take this in a slightly slightly different tangent because I'm fascinated by you as an individual. So we spoke earlier and you said around purpose, you said about passion, and I just want to know where that positivity comes from with you and and kind of your view of your own well-being. And and you can take that in any way you want and roll with that, but really interested to know more about you. Jack, if you go to see a psychologist for any challenge you're facing in life, they often try to understand the stages you went through in life before you come to that specific problem, right? And if you look at my history and my life, I used to work in investment banking. I moved to work within a family office world and then built my own company. And then I worked for, for one of the Musk family behind Tesla and SpaceX. I would say to you that what I've realized throughout my life is I went from being in the city where there's a lot of greed uh, and there's a lot of drive just to be able to make more money to moving towards purpose-driven, which is ultimately for me, making a difference in the world. And what that means for me is we are on this planet for a very short period of time. When you die, ultimately you sit on your tombstone, you have two numbers. You have the number you were born and the number you die. What really matters is that line in between. And I do coach and work with a lot of students across the country. And one of the things I ask them to do is write their obituary. Because if you write your obituary and you think about how you want people to talk to you about on the day of your death, and they're standing around your grave, If every day you don't conduct yourself in a way that will lead to that outcome, it's a great way to act as a barometer to drive your behavior in the right way. So that's kind of my response to you. I've never considered it that way, Daniel. And if there's one thing that I've learned from all the podcasts that we've done so far, that is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to take that on board myself. It's I look always... forward to reading your obituary. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. I'll, I'll, I'll send it through to you, Daniel. Um, yeah. If you could let, let me know whether it's uh, any, any good or not. Um, thank you so much for joining today, Daniel. Um, again, we could talk for hours on this topic of financial well-being, and we could just as friends, but I really appreciate you taking the time out today to share your insight, your passion and your expertise. Not at all. I'll say one last thing, Harry. If there's anyone out there listening to this that I can be helpful to, please don't hesitate to help and reach out. Fantastic. You've been a huge help to me, Daniel. um, And thank you so much for joining this podcast as well. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel, for sharing your insight, energy and expertise. For more podcasts like this, click on the subscribe link in your favourite podcast platform. We hope to see you on the next episode.